0: Today on Locked On Bucks, we're talking secondary. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function, to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper. Than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E chewcom promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring. The podcast.
1: You are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before somebody else you out of the your name to shame. Cover up your face. You can't run
2: the race the too
1: fast. You What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host, of course, David Harrison, and joining me tonight again is Evan Winter, and we're going to talk Buccaneers. Secondary joining us again. Uh, It hasn't been that long since we talked, but what's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing great. Back for round two. Let's do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And of course, uh, before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping, as James likes to call it. Um, For those of you who aren't already, please follow the show at Locked On Bucks. Follow myself at DH82 underscore Bucks. You can follow Evan on Twitter on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter. And of course, (laughs) find us all at Bucks Nation, and that can be found on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation as well. Evan, we're talking secondary, and I think that outside of the wide receiver group, this is probably going to be the place where most people have their eyes come training camp. I mean, you're going to have your stars, your James Winston's, Mike Evans. Obviously, and Dominick and Sue, people are going to want to see how he meshes with Vita Vea. But, but as a position group, and I know secondary typically isn't considered a position group, but we're going to kind of lump them all in together tonight. This is really where I think the season is going to kind of hinge. Like, uh, you've been doing your indispensable players. Uh, pieces there at Bucks Nation, and I think they're great. And I think you're spot on on the individual players. But honestly, man, if there's one part of the team that really needs to produce and maybe rise above expectations f- for this team to be successful, and I mean playoff successful, I think it's the secondary. Do do you think I'm on on track there, or do you think I'm wrong here,
2: dude? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was one of the worst secondaries in the history of the NFL at one point last year, and they all got hurt. <laughs> so. Um, it was reserved backup, but even the starters, you know, didn't really play that well. Uh, if I remember correctly, Carlton Davis didn't record a single interception last year. And now that wasn't really his strong suit coming out of college, but um just not a lot of impact plays outside of uh, Andrew Adams' three interception performance against the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so let's start with the safeties.
1: Uh, you know, obviously we have guys out there like Justin Evans, who a lot of people are hoping is gonna come back. Um Jordan Whitehead, who I don't know, kind of uh Average rookie season, I think. Um, yeah, certainly. And then MJ Stewart, who was on Good Morning uh, Good Morning Football this morning, or, well, Monday morning. Um, where do you – I mean, I don't know, man. Who's the ace in this deck of safeties to you?
2: That's really a tough question uh, because, I mean, Justin Evans, I would just rattle right off the top of my head, but he had a really bad year. Well, not really bad, but he definitely had a bad year last year. And outside of him – there aren't really many other options. I mean, Chris connie has gone, obviously, and fans hated on him. Um, I guess the ace, man, I- I'm just going to just go ahead and throw it out there. I'm going to say Mike Edwards. Uh, I did – when we did our 40 players in 40 days for the, for the combine, um, I had the privilege of doing his scouting profile, and I really liked what I saw from Mike Edwards. Um, just He's got really, really good instincts. He's athletic enough to where he can make some plays – and he's just – he's very, very versatile. Uh, I would love to see him play a robber-type role in the defense, um, but with Justin Evans' turf toe, he might be looking at a at a more significant role than originally thought. But I would – man, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm going to say Mike Edwards, and hopefully I'm right about that one because if that turns out to be true, then the Bucks had got themselves a good uh, pick in the third round with him. And I never thought I'd say that about Kentucky
1: player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough um, And I'm with you Honestly, Like even while I was asking you the question I'm thinking in my own head I'm like, man, we're really about to say Mike Edwards I mean, Justin Evans you know, He was a guy who when he was drafted uh, There was a little bit of confusion I remember when he was drafted A lot of people were kind of like what? Well, you know, they, they didn't really see Justin Evans coming But then as he came in In his first camp In his first season everything, He really showed some flashes He really kind of showed Why this team probably drafted him Selected him when they did And brought him in and then, yeah, injuries and, I mean, some some inconsistencies in play even when he was on the field just hasn't turned out uh, the way that you would really want it to. But he's still young, you know, but, but again, we, we kind of talked about injuries last uh, last night or, or yesterday and how some of those things can linger, and this is another injury Justin Evans is dealing with in another situation that it, it definitely could linger, especially through training camp and if he reaggravates aggravates it. Uh, so hopefully we'll see him back on the field. But until then, I, I have to agree, I think Mike Edwards – uh, I think he's he's the top dog in this in this group right now, if we have to name one uh, right now. and I'm okay with that. like it does make me a little bit nervous, you know what I mean? Just because it is a rookie Certainly. and you're talking about a secondary like you said that did so poorly that you have a rookie kind of leading the back end of the defense. but that's what this team was looking for, right is leadership. And they drafted leadership pretty much up and down the entire entire board, and then some of their undrafted free agents. You talk about Bruce Anderson coming out of North Dakota State. You talk about Lucas Dennis coming out of Boston College, uh, another safety. These are guys who have leadership pedigrees. They were captains on their teams. They were looked for. They were looked to as mentors by their own coaches in college to help the younger guys kind of get up to speed and and get in, you know get a, get synced in with the team and, and the program. So. Coming into it, if those are the mentality, those are the those are the quality of the guys that you have on your in your locker room, even if they are rookies, I think you can, you can attach a little bit more confidence into this group being able to get it together because of the personalities you're bringing in.
2: Yeah, definitely. And another name to look out for is uh, Kentrell Bryce played for the Packers for three years before he came in uh, to Tampa Bay. And not many people are really talking about him. But, I mean, he's played in about 14, 15 games over the last three years. So he at least brings some kind of experience to the group, Uh, one career interception, one career sack. So he can play, obviously, different types of roles back there in the defensive backfield. And Like I said, you haven't really heard much about him, and maybe that's a good thing. I mean, if you're not making mistakes, I guess your name's not going to get called. But at the same time, if you're not making plays, your name's not going to get called. But um, it's just it's a really interesting group, and it's going to be interesting to see how Todd Bowles figures it out. And another, I mean, this is kind of cheating, but another another guy to think about is uh Deion Buchanan. I mean, he's going to be back there every now and then, um, playing some kind of some kind of hybrid role for the for the Bucks. So that's another name to look out for as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, very, and that's a very valid point because when you talk about this team, you know, possibly having some injury problems, having some inexperienced problems as far as youth is concerned, having a guy like Buchanan who can kind of morph between that linebacker role and that safety role, uh, will definitely help kind of fill some of those gaps. And I think you know, will help from the leadership standpoint. Uh, again, helping these guys get up to speed with the language, yep. with how, they're, how they're supposed to read things, how they see things, communication on the field. I think it will definitely help out a lot. Definitely a good, solid observation there. Um, before we move into corners, I think a good transition piece would be MJ Stewart. Because this is a guy who's yeah. coming from being a cornerback to we're all told and, and believe to basically becoming a safety, but he's listed as a defensive back, the only defensive back on the Buccaneers roster. Again, he was on Good Morning Football this morning, um, or well, Monday morning, sorry.
2: What do you think about the transition with MJ Stewart from cornerback to safety? I think it has to happen. He was obviously just too slow at corner last year. Um, pretty much got burned every time he was on the field. I don't really think it had anything to do with him not being able to learn the defense or the defensive scheme in general. I think he runs a 4-6 uh, as well, so if I remember correctly. And, I mean, he's just – he's a step behind when it comes to these receivers in the NFL. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. We're sorry on su- – <clears throat> excuse me, on Sunday – um, about just how the receivers in the NFLs are just or in the NFLs in the NFL are just super athletic and can pretty much do whatever they want these days. And a matchup like that just isn't going to work out. So, something that
1: I thought was really interesting, uh, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I'm right here, um, during the draft when Mike Edwards was selected, do you know who his pro comp was uh, according to NFL.com? No, I do not. Again, if I remember correctly, it was MJ Stewart. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, at least, at
2: least he's starting off in the right position.
1: Right. And I'll tell you I was trying to look it up. Uh man, it was it was one of their defensive backs. I want sw- I swear it was it was word. Edwards, though. I just remember it was a really it was like a moment cuz I remember I was on with James and I looked it up and I was just like this dude's pro comp is is MJ Stewart. Um so just an interesting tidbit there, but yeah, like you said, I mean, at least this guy's starting off where he's supposed to be versus MJ, who kind of came in. And I mean, I remember a lot of people had some concerns, like, is this dude really cornerback material in the NFL? You know, is he really going to make it? And I think he kind of showed that it, he's not. Um, maybe I not, I wouldn't even say nickel, like you know, I don't think he's at the quickness to potentially cover in the nickel or, or you know, uh, the size to cover a tight end or anything like that. Um, Safety is probably the best place for him, but I mean. Without getting too fantastical about it and trying to, you know, just stir up controversy for the sake of stirring up controversy. Uh, and, and this came up today. I don't know where exactly I, I saw it. I was on a lot of different social media sites today. Um, he was on on again, I, I kind of keep mentioning he was on Good Morning Football, and but then somebody commented, like, this dude's on TV, but he may not even be on the roster when all things are said and done. Do you think there's a chance that MJ Stewart doesn't make this roster? Second year, second round draft pick. Is there a possibility? Ability with the, mm. team, the talent that's on this team potential that he doesn't make this roster?
2: Uh, definitely. I mean, there's definitely potential. If you would ask me this question before Ryan Smith got suspended, I would say that he's on the bubble. But with Ryan Smith's suspension, I think he's he should probably keep his spot. But I mean, if you look at the safety group, I mean, it's deep, man. If, Justin Edwards, they said, will be ready by training camp. So you got Jordan Whitehead coming back. You got Justin Edwards. You got or Justin Edwards, Justin Evans, Mike Edwards, Isaiah Johnson, Kentel Bryce, who they're paying over nine hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that right there is a pretty decent little group. Um, and mm-hmm. MJ might already be on the bubble looking out, but with Ryan Smith's suspension, I would probably say he's he's a safe bet to make the roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. And I mean, yeah, like you said, there's eight eight guys currently listed as safeties on the Buccaneers roster as it stands. And and one last interesting safety note uh dakota dixon out of wisconsin like so him. when we do our 40 for 40 series we actually try to spread it out between kind of blue chip guys mid-level guys and then late round potential on draft free agent guys just because we want to try to give the bucks nation readers as broad of a of a stroke uh as a brush stroke as we can and kind of you know we, we want to kind of get the opportunity to possibly have have our readers know names from across the board from all three days and then into undraft free agency dakota dixon I think was a scratch off of our list, but I know he was definitely on our list at some point. And I want to say I scratched him because we were, we were looking to replace, we were looking to plug a guy in that we had caught interest in and caught some words about. And I was like, I just don't think the bucks are going to go safety.
0: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so Dakota and granted he's an undrafted free agent. So, I mean, he still wasn't you know drafted by any means, but the fact, like as soon as I saw Dakota Dixon had, had been picked up by the bucks as an undrafted free agent, I, I got real, my eyes out a little bit wide because I was like, man, that's a dude that I actually uh, was kind of interested in having the site cover. Um, so, yeah, just a, just another fun, interesting tidbit. Um, but you mentioned MJ and, and his possibility of, of making the roster being due to the Ryan Smith situation. So I think that's a perfect segue into covering the cornerbacks. Because as of right now, according to the Buccaneers roster, there are seven cornerbacks on the roster. There are eight safeties. And then, of course, you've got Damon Buchanan, who's kind of the wild card. He can be a DB. He can be a linebacker. So you kind of look at it there there's about 15 or 16 depending on how you want to slice it before Certainly. you talk about MJ Stewart. So let's talk about these corners. We got Ryan Smith. Uh, I think the the biggest question in camp and early on in the season is got to be Vernon Hargreaves, right? right? Like he's oh, going to be the big question. Yeah, man, um, and he could be he could be the wild card too easily. Yeah. So do you buy all the hype and all the all the words that he's an outside corner? Like are you are you are you a uh, uh, perimeter Vernon Hargraves or are you an interior
2: truther? I don't know if that's the right terminology for me. Just based off the extremely small sample size that we've had from VH3, just because he's been hurt for most of his career, I'm a fan of the interior. Um you drafted Murphy Bunning and you drafted Dean, who are speedsters. Uh, Murphy's a four four two. Dean's a four three, if I remember correctly. Um Carlton Davis can do some work on the outside against your, you know, your more like your Adam Thielen's type deal, you know, your taller, kind of stoutier receivers. Carlton's not going to blow any way anybody away with his his speed, but he's definitely physical. Um yeah, I I like Vernon more on the inside, man. Um it just makes a lot of sense. And like I said in that small sample size, he played pretty well on the inside. Yeah, I was
1: I was a big fan of Vernon on the inside and uh Honestly, I mean, pretty much since Vernon Hargraves
2: got drafted.
1: That was kind of I mean, one of the problems.
2: Uh I don't say he's he's five ten too. So I, I don't I don't really yeah. feel comfortable with the five ten corner on the outside. I remember going back to when he was drafted. I
1: was like, you know, it was one of those things where I know he's a Tampa kid and he's, you know, a Florida gator and and all that. Um, but I just I didn't see outside cornerback in that guy. I didn't see shutdown corner, number one corner um in Vernon Hargraves. And I was hoping I was wrong. I've been hoping I was wrong. But honestly, it just it looks it's in the, in the, like you said, the small sample size that we have gotten in his career, he just he looks like an interior defender, man. He looks like a guy who needs to line up on the inside and work out of the slot. And when he did, he looked a lot better. Again, a small sample size. So even someone like me who has been saying the entire time he needs to move inside, needs to move inside, there's not enough evidence for me to sit here and claim victory, I guess, and say, like, aha, I was right. Um, but we'll see because, again, like you said, Sean Murphy bunting, I mean – to me, it looks perfect This that the stage is going to be set for either one or two situations. Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting are your outside corners and Vernon Hargraves is your interior corner. Call it two or three starters, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. That's just the alignment I see happening. Or if we want to get really kind of crazy with it, Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargrave start off as your perimeter corners, but when you go to your sub package, you go to your nickel package, whatever your dime coverage where you need an interior corner, Sean Murphy money comes in, plays that perimeter, and Vernon Hargrave slides inside in those situations that's something I could also see happening but with a guy who's had some of the consistency struggles as Vernon Hargraves and some of the injury struggles that Vernon Hargraves has had I would think I would be a little bit cautious in moving him around the field too much I think I would kind of want him focusing on kind of a singular task or at least a singular role within the defense but how confident are you that Sean Murphy Bunting could be that outside guy because I think I mean uh, we weren't on you know live or anything when the draft happened but I think we were all pretty surprised that Sean Murphy
2: Bunting was the draft pick when his name came across the board. Oh, I'm on Twitter on record talking about how surprised I was. I mean, you know, you get you get in the feels, you get in the emotions whenever the pick initially happens, and I didn't like it, especially I can't remember who exactly was on the board, but I wanted them so bad. I, I can't remember what. It wasn't Cody Ford because um, he was still available after Murphy Bunting was picked. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, after but after watching his tape, after, you know, reading about what he can do and what uh, Bowles and Arians thinks that he can do in this defense. I like it, man. Um, there's a reason they picked him. And when you look at his numbers, I mean, kid is super athletic. He's fast. Um, not, not very strong, but, you know, that's that's not really what they need out of his type of uh, play or out of this type of player. And I have, I have total confidence. I have total confidence in his coaching staff that they know what they're doing. I know a lot of people out there are burned from previous coaching staff, so this one is just kind of another run-of-the-mill. But in reality, it's not a run-of-the-mill. You've got a two-time Coach of the Year and a one-time AP Assistant Coach of the Year, the inaugural AP Assistant Coach of the Year. So they obviously know what they're doing. They've had success. And, yeah, I mean, if they've got confidence in the kid, I've got confidence in the kid. And, honestly, I can't wait to see what he does on the field. Yeah, and Sean Murphy Bunting is a guy – I'm
1: on the same page there. Uh, when he was drafted, I know Rock – Rocky Asin was was taken beforehand, but I mean, honestly, from everything I've I've been able to gather and that we've been able to gather, I don't think Rock was really ever on the Buccaneers' radar. Uh, nah, to completely true. Right? He's on my radar, which is great. But uh, he, you know, <laughs> Sean Murphy Bunting. I mean, when, when the pick came across, confusion. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, let me go back and and read more about this guy. And then I did. I I mean, while the draft is going on, I I, I pulled up. Uh, I pulled out my iPad. I pulled up some game film, and of course, I, by that I mean YouTube. And I found some games, and the one that really stood out the most, just kind of in the in the short work that I did on him, right there in the moment, was when Central Michigan played against Buffalo, and he did really well. Like he he worked really well. He he had some good feed. He had some good. Uh, his shadowing was was really solid. His positioning was really solid. He he was really good at uh, you know tracking the ball in the in the air. While keeping his position with the receiver in line. So, a lot of good things out of him that I saw. Obviously, again, a short, kind of a short sample uh, study there of him in the the immediate, but I've just gotten more and more comfortable with him uh, ever since then. I will tell you, though, there's a rookie on this roster that I have not gotten comfortable with yet, and that's Jamel Dean. I still don't necessarily see where he fits.
2: He's just super fast. Maybe you can Um, help me out. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> with his knee issues in the past, I'm super uncomfortable about him as well. Um, I, I don't know where he fits right now because I, I just I haven't really seen much of him, um, and I've also, if I if I'm remembering correctly, um, he was burned a couple of times in the UT Auburn game, the one that they won last year that broke the SEC lo- game losing streak, uh, and. I don't know, man. I mean, he could be a complimentary piece. You know, you can put him on that burner if they, let's say, the Bucks play the Eagles, he can match up with Deshaun. I would love to see that, but I don't know. I'm just as lost as you on that one, honestly.
1: I, I kind of get like going through it after the fact, you know, kind of trying to use hindsight as as a magnifying glass, and then you see, you know, the Ryan Smith stuff. They kind of knew that about that since March. The doubts about Vernon Hargraves, you know, Brent Grimes being out, MJ Stewart moving to to uh, uh, the potentially the safety. So it kind of makes sense to go through and say, okay, we need to to draw in some defensive backs. I guess Jamel Dean, just, he's just not a guy that was ever on my radar. But And unlike Sean Murphy Bunting, when I went back and kind of looked at some of the stuff he did, nothing that he did really kind of stood out to for me to be able to say, okay, this is why they took Jamel Dean. Like I get the theory of the cornerback's tax selections itself, but like with Sean Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards, there are things I can point to and say, aha, like that's, that's what we're looking at to this defense. With Jamel, I just don't see it yet. And I mean, and that's, that's, you know, it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means I haven't seen it yet. But I don't, and I also just don't really hear a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of smart people out there. And Trevor Sickema is obviously one of them who's smart all, all about the Bucks and about the draft. And even he's a guy that, and I, I don't see everything Trevor writes, I don't hear everything he says. So I might have missed it. But at least up to this point, I haven't seen anything from, from people that, that I know in business who, have said like this is why Jamel Dean is is who he is and, and where he's going to be, um. So so kind of a, a wild card there, I think, uh, to to keep an eye on in training camp. And then someone I'm interested in is uh, Jalen Allison, undrafted free agent, North Dakota State University. Obviously, uh, another Bison along with Bruce Anderson, the running back. More people are interested in Bruce Anderson than they are in Jalen. Uh, I think part of that has to do with some of the depth and the expectations and how this roster is going to shape out, but. You look again at what Bruce Arians has has been uh, touting as his focus on this team. Leadership and maturity are two of those things. Jalen Allison was a captain uh, at North Coast State University. And talking to head coach Matt Entz there at NDSU um, on a previous episode that just aired recently on Locked on Bucks, of course. You know, he kind of went on a tangent about how Jalen is just as a player, as a studier, uh, a student of the game, as a leader. You know, kind of that quiet. I'd rather go out there and show you how, you know, lead by lead by example versus, you know, being the rah-rah guy. And I really think that in this type of a de- defense, a guy like that who seeks to to make his mark on the field versus making his mark with his voice or in the huddle, because you do have guys like Vernon R. Graves out there who are more established. Carlton Davis, who kind of established himself as a little bit of a vocal or of an on field leader. I think Jalen Allison has a, has an opportunity to make some noise, especially when you consider him Jay Stewart departing the group. Ryan Smith's upcoming suspension, and then a guy we haven't talked about yet either, and nobody else is talking about Devontae Harris. I mean, where is he going to fit into this whole thing? Jalen Allison might be a guy. He's got length. Uh, Coach N says he plays longer than his six-foot frame. So if that's true, and that translates. Um, do you know anything about Jalen? Uh, what Do you have any thoughts on uh, him? him being a potential sleeper as an undrafted guy moving up?
2: I like I I've, I've got one thought and I like the fact of him making some noise during camp because the harder it is to make cuts, the better your team is constructed. So go for it, Jalen. Intercept every single pass you can, make every tackle you can. Just don't hurt Jameis and let's let's ride through training camp. Let's
1: do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who
1: who kind of comes to mind when I look at Jalen Allison, honestly, is uh Maurice Fleming. You remember him? Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can see that for sure. I mean, both kind of long, lanky guys. You know, Jalen Allison, six six foot one eighty four. Um, and I mean, you just never know with these depth players, especially these guys from the smaller schools, especially NDSU, who's actually been pumping out a little bit of talent here lately. Um, I mean, you, you got to like the fact that he's already a leader. He knows how to how to get a group going and just hopefully he can put it all together, man. And, I mean, if he can't make the roster, maybe he can get on a practice squad and and come up over the next couple of years. That would be great to see as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think that connection that I made with Maurice Fleming, for me, I'm not going to lie, like there's going to be a little bit of a sentimental bias there because, man, I was really hoping to see Maurice Fleming come back from his injury and potentially get another crack at things and, unfortunately, just hasn't really worked out. Um, So, yeah, so I think – seeing some of the similarities in Jalen Allison that I saw in Maurice Fleming kind of makes me a little bit sentimental towards (laughs) him potentially being a noisemaker. But Evan, brother, we're coming up on the time limit, uh, unfortunately, here at the Locked On Network.
2: Any parting words about the secondary before we get out of here? Get it done. I hate to sound like a ripoff of Larry the Cable Guy, but, man, if this group can step up – Especially with for Todd Bowles, as much as he loves the secondary, as much as he loves his cornerbacks and safeties, I, I mean it could it could just do wonders, especially for a pass rush that we don't really know exactly how they're gonna how they're gonna perform. And we've seen the debate all off season long: pass rush or coverage, which one matters the most? Well, let's find out. Let's get it done, cornerback group and, and safety group, and and let's let's prove the analytics guys right. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I really hope that they can come in and kind of show show everybody up and, and prove everybody wrong. So, yeah, that's going to put a bow on, on today's episode and our defensive back group. We like, Again, we decided to combine the cornerbacks and the safeties here into one mass huddle, and I think it worked out pretty well. So, uh, thanks, of course, to everybody for joining us for today's episode. We are off tomorrow, but we'll be back Thursday. Rumor has it James will be back Uh-oh. Thursday to join us, but Evan – I have (laughs) thoroughly enjoyed uh, your time covering down for James, so we greatly appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners greatly appreciate it. Me and me alone. Um, For our listeners out there who did appreciate Evan on the show, make sure you go and give him a follow on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter if you haven't already. Check out his podcast, the North and South podcast hosted by Bucks Nation. You can find that on Twitter as well at North and South B1, and then of course you can follow. Uh, Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. Find everything that Evan and myself and James are writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over there. Follow me on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks as always. And guys, we're going to get ready. Uh, we're getting ready for training camp. We're wrapping up our position previews. We're starting to get into fantasy stuff. And you know what that means? It means football is right around the corner. It's coming back. Get ready for it. If you haven't heard, it came out today, that, you know, recording on Monday. So, Tuesday if you haven't heard yesterday the Buccaneers announced a fantasy uh, competition for Buccaneers fans go check that out it's really cool all the details are on the Buccaneers uh, website definitely suggest if you like fantasy football if you honestly if you just like cool experiences throw down 150 words or less make your submission state your case to them see if you can get into that competition real cool stuff that they're doing over there But in the meantime, also, hopefully we're going to come back with another voicemail episode before training camp kicks off. So if you haven't yet, call in to 813-444-5841. Leave us your thoughts, leading in training camp questions, leading in training camp's predictions. Um, If you just got a cool Buccaneer story that you want to share, we've got one voicemail in the queue from a retired or former Air Force pilot. That's a very cool uh, story. It's got pirate ships, Air Force jets. I mean, what more can you ask for? Um, that's a really cool story. So if you've got one of your own, go ahead and call that in, and we'll get to those uh, as well, hopefully, at the end of this week or early next week. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your week until we talk again on Thursday. And thank you so much for joining us right here at Lockdown. Club.